friends! G'day lads and welcome to the Paul and Pod. It's an entry into the minds, souls, the hearts, the lives of the people involved in the world of Winchmore Hill Cricket. I'm your host, Dom Philp, on the mic, not too hard, not too soft, but just right. And I'm coming to you live from the home of... Club Cricket, the Mighty Pool and Ground, Winchmore Hill, N213ER. This is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge almost every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. And the best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. You could tweet it out, Facebook it out, Instagram it out, under you could TikTok it out. You could act it out in a play with your family and friends for your local community. You could ring someone up. Please tell someone what we're doing. This is Jack Henson, and he deserves some love. First up, let's start with an apology today. Sorry for the late release of the podcast. I'm doing my best to get these things out on a Friday, but at the moment, things are pretty hectic. You're just going to have to uh, grin and bear it for the time being. We'll do our best to get back on a more regular track as the season progresses. But hey, I'm here now. You're here now. We're all having a good time. Let's get stuck into a new podcast. This week's Paul and Pod brought to you once again by the boys over there at Wrestling Should Be Fun. That is at WSBFUN on Twitter, at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word on Instagram, or search WSBF on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud for a different look at the world of pro wrestling. This podcast is a weekly podcast. It's free of charge, just like the Paul and Pod, and it is for the wrestling fan in your life, or maybe for the new convert to wrestling. You're listening to this right now, you're thinking you're yourself uh not for me filthy i don't really fancy that but i'll tell you what get around it support the lads you know what just download it don't listen that's support now podcast if you can hear this right now why don't you go and support theirs you don't even need to listen put it on mute pull your earphones out play it whilst you are asleep it doesn't matter because all the boys are after are your clicks okay jack henson episode 33 wow a couple i've been doing this for 33 episodes now uh, thank you for your company in all of them. We're going to get into it. First up, let's get ourselves into a Statman Stat of the Week. I'm a Statman. All right, Statman Stat of the Week, an easy one this week. England fast bowler gearing up for this summer. Stuart Broad hopefully he doesn't get left out of the first test of the summer. He's taken three first-class hat-tricks. His first one in test cricket was against India in 2011. Who were his three victims in that first test hat-trick? Stuart Broad, first test hat-trick. Who were the three victims? Answer coming up at the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. Introducing first and foremost, he is a world-travelled and world-class competitor. Born in Palmer's Green, North London, but now fighting out of East 17. This is Jack the Obsession
got me with Jack Henson. Hendo, mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, long time coming. Yeah, uh, mate. No, I'm not. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't asked to get on it. You know, unlike some people. But uh, yeah, just just been patiently waiting my turn. Yeah, I tell you what, it's shifted now. I don't get because the people who have asked to come on, I've had them on. Um, I tell you what, I get now is a lot of suggestions about people to get on. But so uh, always welcome people out there. I you know I love those messages as long as people understand that there's a bit of a list. You know, um, yeah, good stuff, mate. Friday Arvo. I tell you, thanks for giving up some time on a Friday, Arvo. You could be in the pub, mate. Uh, well, yeah, that's no, actually it's actually racing, so no, it's an, it's it's an easy way of uh, not going out to the pub uh, when I've got a race on Sunday. So, uh, what's yeah, the, no, anything for you as well, mate. What what is it? What's the what's the race on Sunday? Uh, it's the first first triathlon in a, since about 2019 because of COVID and everything. So, I've got a big race in kind of three weeks' time. Um, down in Eastbourne. So just thought I'd enter a local race just to kind of dust off the cobwebs, as they say, and, you know, remember how to do transitions. And because if you get that wrong, you can lose, you know, you can lose four, four or five minutes and then your race is over really when you want to, when I want to kind of, the, the aim is to qualify again for, for next year's uh, age group stuff. So um, yeah, yeah that, that's, you know, need to make sure I can, I'm ready to do it. Literally the very last thing I planned to ask you about was triathlons and we've done it in the first 30 seconds, but that's all right. <laughs> that's why, that's why it's, a, it's a mugs game trying to figure out what I'd talk about on this thing. Um, but yeah, mate, go well on Sunday. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that transition yeah. from different sports and stuff. What a, We always like to start at the start here on the pool and pod yeah. though, mate. So um, I always ask people just about sort of growing up and family and stuff. Like, so you... I, well, firstly, you grew up in a house full of teachers, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, a family full of teachers. So, yeah, auntie, mum, dad, my mum's, you know, my mum's dad, you know, um, my, my dad's second wife, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, there's loads of teachers around and, you know, family, friends who used to go on holiday when we were younger. Um, so, you know, Gregory and, you know, his parents were teachers, my dad's mates, because obviously he's a teacher. So, kind of grew up around that kind of environment, you know, lots of, lots of holidays, long holidays in France, you know, over the summers and, yeah. you know, fortunate because all the, you know, our parents were, you know, had, you know, had the luxury, I suppose, of having that kind of six week break and be able to take us on these long holidays. And, you know, I, th- I was always very kind of grateful for that and being able to kind of, you know, go away with, you no know, not, not just my family, but friends as well. That is, that, that is a major benefit. And obviously like Holly and I, my, my partner and I both teachers as well, but obviously we don't have kids yet, but it's a, or ever or whatever, who knows. But um, it is such a benefit that you don't think of to be able to have holidays at the same time as your kids, yeah. especially when they, or even, you know, when they get a bit older and being able to go away and stuff like that. So um, yeah, mate, that's a, that's a big benefit. You never thought yeah, about definitely. going in, you never thought about going into the family business. <laughs> um, you know, you have to go to university to become a teacher, and that's one thing. So, uh... <laughs> I don't know, mate. Some of these PE teachers that I know, they're not. You know. <laughs> there's me little, there's me little uh, whack at the PE teachers. Um, so, and you got you, you, what do you got? You got two siblings, right? I've got th- I've got four siblings. Uh, four siblings. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, I've got. Uh, Bobby and Annie, who, you know, um, are kind of, if you want to use the phrase, whole siblings. Um, and then I've got Kitty and Lucy, who are, um, 
with you know my dad my dad and zoe um you know that yeah. um who have just just turned 10 actually so there's there's five of us and then actually now there's there's there's, there's another one so my brother actually had a baby uh just december just gone so uh, Alice was born on December the oh god I you know might listen to this and I'll muck this up but I think December the 27th uh yeah. so yeah no so there's you know there's I'm now an uncle which is really nice but still haven't seen seen her unfortunately because of all the restrictions but I think in a, in a few weeks time there might be an opportunity so do they do, do they do they live abroad Jeff? yeah yeah so my brother moved to um moved to Germany um kind of on and off from about from, from it was about 19 so started doing ski seasons actually in Austria um and then in the winter in the summer sorry he, he met a girl there and in the in the summer he uh went to Berlin and then they go back to Austria and they did that for a few years and then um him and Melissa are still together and they decided to settle in um Gießen or just near Gießen which is like just outside Frankfurt um and yeah they've got you know he's a you know qualified uh, tree surgeon he does that uh, you know speaks fluent German and yeah, he had to do it. had to do his driving test uh, about six months ago, and you know, had to do the writing exam in German. He did it to do his tree surgery exams in German. So, yeah, nice. No, you know, he's a full on, yeah, full on citizen. Yeah, mate. Fair, well, fair play. That's good stuff. I mean, I I teach English, but I always say to the kids, like um, anyone that can even do a sentence of another language has got mm. it over me because I just I just was never able to stick it. You know, so. It's tough. I I I always struggle people. Yeah, I think it's so difficult to be able to kind of absorb a second language without kind of living there and experiencing it. Um, you know, Bobby would probably hold his hands up. He wasn't, you know, fantastic at languages at school, but you know, he he moved to a German-speaking country initially in Austria. Um, and then you know, if he wanted to kind of because he went back there after year after year for him to kind of progress in his career as a kind of, in terms of what he was doing and she was going, he had to speak German to be able to get a better job. And, you know, yeah. and, and then he met a German girl, obviously, and that, that really helped because they were having conversations at home that, you know, so, you know, yeah, yeah. it's really, you know, it's, it's really hard unless you're kind of, you know, we don't have the same as like when you're, the French or the Germans are speaking, they're learning English, they have English TV to be able to absorb it from, you know, you know, yeah. you know we're not going to be sitting there watching German Netflix at night, are we, so... <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, I think I think some people like to watch a bit of German adult television later on in the evening, but um, that's a whole different story, mate. Yeah, but yes and yeah are the same thing, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, mate, so obviously, like, lots of worldly people in your family, but was it, like, how'd you end up in Winchmore? I Like, I know that you're pretty much an Enfield boy, right? But there's... Is that sort of, were you there from a young age or what's... Yeah, so what's I mean, I was at, you know, 12 Bourne Hill, which is Palmer's Green, Winchmore Hill. Um, yeah. So I was two. Um, yeah, I kind of, you know, and I was only kind of, I was born in uh, Bounds Green um, and then we moved there when I was two years old and I lived there until I kind of moved out with, with Jenna. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the family home. That's where I'm from. Um, you know, Winchmore Hill and Palmer's Green is, you know, that's, you know, that's my roots. Yeah, still the doors always open to roll in at four a.m. or whatever on a Sunday morning. I I assume so. It's it's always nice. Yeah, to although have. I did I did I did play cricket recently and and uh, I went round uh, pop round to see my mum just before I came down to the club, and she did try and make sure that I didn't have house keys, uh, <laughs> make sure that I didn't turn up at two o'clock in the morning after drinking at the club all night, um, which you know could have easily happened that night as well. Um, yeah, I. 
I mean, I, I hope there's no police listening, but you ended up at my place. So, you know, not a lot of social distancing going on. Um, <laughs> you know what? That that sounds like your your mum. That's that's what Terry Braithwaite did to me the other day with the bungalow. Fucking stitched up, took me key. I've heard about this stitching. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, just keeping that key just there, you know, just in case if you need it. And uh, yeah, you get stitched up, didn't you? Mate, I'm, I I make no bones about it. I knew full well what I was doing. I was hanging on to that thing because I was like, I'm going to need this at some point during the summer. There's going to be like, yeah. But anyway, it, 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 even to have a shower, you know, like because we can't have showers in the change rooms. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could set up a little illegal business. Do you know what I mean? One hour, yeah. five pound a shower. Yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be on German TV one day. That's good stuff. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, all right. So you, you're there from a young age. When do you, when do you first come down to Winchwell? Was it and was was it cricket or was it football or was it hockey? Like this is going to be a theme for us, multi sports, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I really I didn't really have much. I didn't really like. I wasn't growing up around the club um, as such. You know, I the, the way that I got into cricket was. I used to go down with my dad on a on a, on a Wednesday or probably it might have been a Monday actually. Uh, forget the day of the week um, to basically just hang around while he played tennis. He was quite you know he liked his tennis. He played down there um, throughout the years. He did also play football for vets football for the for the club. But we'd go down there on a Monday or Wednesday, whatever day it was, and and um, you know I'd like throw a tennis ball around or kick a football around, and then one one evening. Uh, Mike Moat and Dougie Croft came over and said, "You know, the senior son here. He used to, they used to run the, the Colts at that stage, and uh, you know, senior son here playing, um, you know, running around and stuff. Does he want to join in cricket rather than kind of watch you play tennis, as it were?" And he said, "Yeah." And that was it, really. Never really looked back. You know, by the end of it, I think, you know, I was being taken to more sessions down there than my dad was playing tennis, and you know, it just comes kind of yeah. from that. So, yeah, I didn't really, I never really had that kind of link to kind of like, you know, my dad playing cricket or anything like that. Um, it was more just a kind of chance encounter that I ended up playing at Winchmore Hill, I suppose, or playing cricket altogether. Yeah. And what do you reckon, uh, like, who, who, do you remember anyone that was around, like, similar age group in that, in that junior, just to give people a bit of context about um, what age group yeah, you so were I mean, in? Yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of Chapman, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Harry and stuff. And, you know, we've, we've come up through the ages together, you know, playing kind of Colts cricket all the way through. Uh, you know, um, and then kind of a later stage when the kind of we grew into kind of like we played the under 16s and there was the under 16s A and B, you know, playing with like Harry and Richards and, you know, Barrel and stuff. So, and Toby, obviously, and and, and, and many more who are, you know, I apologize for not remembering their names, but you know, it's, you know, it was, it's just a great kind of environment to, to grow up in a great sport to play and it kind of like, you know, I, I kind of fell into it in a sense, but, you know, Never look back at it, it, it negatively in, in any way. So yeah, I loved it. Was when and was cricket in your mind as a, as a youngster? Was that sort yeah. of the main sport? Um, so kind of you know winter summer kind of season. So my yeah, yeah. My, main, my main sport in in the in the summer. But you know I had other you know I played um, I played. I think at that age I was playing football and and rugby. So rugby was probably you know rugby cricket and then football. So I play football on a Saturday, rugby on a Sunday in this winter, and then I play cricket in uh, in the summer, um, and that was kind of that carried on until I think until football moved to a Sunday as well, and then I decided to carry on with rugby, and I carried that on until I was about you know, I think it was fourteen or something, and then and then stopped playing rugby altogether um, and just continued with the cricket for a couple of years, and then after 
um, I think, uh, well, I was about 18 or 18 or 19, I think I started playing um, hockey down the club as well. So um, the, 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 the hockey team were looking for a goalkeeper um, and Gat was kind enough to say, chat, do you want to, you know, you're a, bit of, you're a bit of an idiot. You like to jump around in the field. Do you want to have a go at, um, you know, playing in goal and had, you know, got all the, got all the kit on, um, looked like the Michelin man and went out onto the mugger, Gat um, and Ali Wynn hit some balls at me. Um, I saved a few and said, yeah, no, let's give this a go and started playing hockey. So I've played, I think I've played for, played tennis when I was a junior down there actually um, as well. So I think I've played for all sections, including table tennis now as well. So yeah, I think I've played for all sections actually. Do you think that like, so yeah, like that, that's an incredible story about the hockey because you'd think that like goalkeeping or any, any playing any hockey, I see as like a really sort of specialised sport. Because it's it's not just something that kids like roll out of bed as like oh I'm going to play hockey today because you got to have the kit and you got to have the gear and it's it's quite a um, I I don't know I see it as a specialized sport it's one sport that I never played and I, I probably had to go at all the other sports you mentioned to a very yeah. poor level like I mean, so I been, yeah I would have never have gone oh you know I'm going to go and play hockey you know I never, I, it was a it was a you know you know a chance that Gat said you know do you want to have a go you know the kit was the club's kit um, yeah. kind of playing for um, the fourth 11 at that point, I think with, you know, a load of vets and, you know, just kind of diving around, you know, naturally uh, we were playing, we'd often play against quite young kids who'd, you know, run around them and shoot. And there was lots, you know, so I had lots of opportunity to learn in the games. Let's, say, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was just something that I kind of found and then, you know, gradually kind of, you know, got a little bit better, a little bit better, and then you know managed to um, play for the uh, the first team after I think a couple of seasons, um, and you know just kind of you know really enjoyed it, um, fell in love with it. In, in in you know I'm actually useless out out pitch. I can't actually hit the ball at all, um, so it's goalkeeper or nothing for me. But you know we had a great group of lads um, that developed into a really kind of you know really fun team. Um, and then I think after a couple of years, I think two, three years, I decided to, um, the you know, uh, decided to take over the captaincy along with uh, a mate of mine, uh, Gary Herbertson. Um, and yeah, we we did the first team captaincy for a couple of years. Did you? Uh, which was that was an eye-opening experience. You ever had any? Have you ever had any injuries? Because like you got to like those guys are like at the top level. I assume it's probably just yeah. as bad in amateur level. Like you got like you said, you got to be a bit. Um, I was going to say psycho. That's probably not politically correct. You've, you you do you do have to be pretty courageous, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you are wearing a lot of padding. Like there's you know, there's gaps, and I didn't used to wear arm guards. So the big one that I'd get was I'd get hit on the forearm um, between my wrist, yeah, between my wrist and my elbow, and and, and that would that would hurt. When you just missed the pad, and it would hit the fleshy part. You'd often have to, you can I couldn't move my my arm for like two or three days afterwards, but. Um, you know, apart from that, most of everything is covered. Um, I remember one game playing against St. Albans and I got there and I forgot my box. That was, oh. that was an interesting, that was an, that was an interesting uh, 70 minutes. Um, yeah. I think I managed to kind of put something down there that was yeah, going to do something. But um, I always heard the story about Phil Balfe, um, who got cracked. He used to be a goalkeeper as well. And, you know, a long, long-standing member of the of the of the cricket section as well. And he, um, he got hit straight square in the nuts um, on the box and the box 
cracked in half. Oh, um, I think mate. he had to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, laugh about it now, but I don't. I, he was definitely not laughing at the time, and I think he had to spend a bit of time in hospital actually, which is just you know. And I think after that moment, he wore two boxes. But it, you know, you, it's 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 a hardball. It travels fast, but you know, it's not. You know, most of the time you're all right. You've got the protection. You know, you're training. You've got. It, you, you, you know, you should know what you're doing, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, it's just interesting because I, yeah, it's just so alien to me. But yeah, mate, fair play to you. Um, do you think that, like, so obviously you played a lot of sports and it, do you think that you kind of had the personality to, like, just pick up something and stick with it? Like, and, like, really. Um, dedicate yourself to something like one thing at a time because like you know I, I know you pretty well there's no secret league of mates and I just like I, I can see that in your personality where you'll just pick something up for a while and go right this is my thing now yeah I I, I, I don't think I've ever been able to kind of invest in, uh, just a small amount of time in something I think if I'm going to do something then I'm going to you know try and do give it my all um, and see what my, my full potential is on it you know i you know, I remember like picking up hockey and going, right, now I'm going to be, you know, every single training session, I'm going to look to try and get training, you know, outside of it, you know, I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm going to be there, every, you know, every, every game, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't do, I don't really ever think, think, you know, there's ever worth in kind of investing half your time or, or, you know, if you're going to pick something up and you're going to, you know, you're going to do it, especially something like a team sport where uh, obviously now I've moved on to the solo kind of stuff. Um, but with a team sport, you're, you're when you when you turn up and you haven't you know you haven't prepared properly, you haven't given your time to do it properly. You know, I think it's kind of like you know you're taken away from everyone else's experience as well because you're part of a team. And you need to make sure that you're being up, you're turning up and delivering everything you can. Um, you know, to perform at your best for for every not just for your mainly for the for, for the team that you're that you're participating in. Yeah, um, but I definitely think I've had that kind of natural kind of you know state of mind to be able to when I pick when I pick a sport or when I do something, it's something that I you know I want to give it my all and I don't you know I want to try and see absolute maximum that I can get out of it. Um, but then the counter of that is I, I can I, I I can get bored not relative not relatively easily, but you know I, I feel as though if I I no longer see that kind of steep improvement curve in terms of like getting better at something then. I can find it at times difficult to keep that kind of, you know, keep that progression going. But yeah, no, I definitely think I've got that kind of motivation inside me to kind of, when I pick something up, just kind of go with it um, and see where I can take it. Yeah. I look forward to like when you, you know, you do the transition like to the, like the post 30 lifestyle. And I'm looking forward to like your obsessive nature taking over for like barbecuing or like model, <laughs> model train building or something. Like I can definitely see it. Over, over thirties. I mean, you know, model trains like over seventies, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, I've got a bit of an itch. Have you? Have you? <laughs> nah, nah, not really, mate. My, well, my, genuinely, my thing, my, my, I mean, aside from these fucking podcasts that I'm doing every week, um, is scoring cricket, mate. That's my nerdy thing, isn't it? Yeah, do you love it? Do you, do you, you know, you're getting that passion from it. You're enjoying the kind of, you know, mate, what is, I, from the, I know, what is it from the, from the kind of the scoring that you kind of really enjoy? Is it the watching the sport? Is it the actual scoring exercise? Is it kind of getting it correct? Yeah. There's a few things I, it's, I think about it a little bit because I'm like, I, I'm aware that it's nerdy and a weird thing that I, that I enjoy it so much. But 
I the first thing is I I enjoy the fact that it's one of the only times in my life at the moment, honestly, except for when I'm asleep or teaching a lesson where I'm not thinking about picking up my phone and checking Instagram or checking yeah. like it's it's like it's like what they call obviously what they call mindfulness. Like it's just in that moment you haven't got time to check your phone. Um and like that's that's just what it's like. And then I like the feeling of at the end, like when you get it all right and everything adds up and it's like, oh, so it's almost like a, it's it's not a puzzle, but it is, it's a long period of time to not make a single mistake. Yeah. And I and I enjoy that. But then conversely, if you get to the end and you've got to go and try to find where you've missed a run or something, I hate it so much. And like sometimes people will come and talk to you and it's like, oh, what's this? Like, like last, I, I actually feel really bad. Like I, I, I've got over it a little bit, but I felt pretty bad. Um, one of the opposition players came off the field last week and, and asked me to update the scoreboard. And it was raining and I was like behind, like on a couple of balls and there was a wicket and I just fucking lost it. I was like, mate, like, can you just fuck off? Like, I was just like, I was like, I was like, give us a fucking spell, mate. I'm doing this for nothing. I, I took some frustrations and I had to go and apologize and buy him a drink at the end of the day. But um, it, yeah, so it, I really find it, it's great for mindfulness, yeah. but at the same time, it can be a bit stressful. Yeah, this you know, you know, I actually, uh, I actually scored for the, for the twos for a season, you know, way, way back, way back when it was, uh, for me, it was kind of a fantastic kind of exposure to seeing kind of that level of cricket. Um, yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was young, you know, I was, I think, I can't remember, I think maybe 13 or 14 at the time. Um, and, you know, Neil was, Neil, uh, you know, Aves was still playing, Neil Aven, um, uh, I think Mori was still playing. Um, you know, you had loads of guys like that playing playing in the twos. Um, yeah. It was just a fantastic kind of chance for me to see cricket at that um, kind of level and kind of, you know, try and learn a few things. I don't think I often paid as much attention as I should have done. But I never, because I never, because I didn't grow up around the club or grow up around the A club, you know, I didn't get that kind of walking around the boundary as a youngster, watching cricket, you know, taking things in and all that kind of stuff. Even as, as subconscious or conscious as it might be, you do pick up things when you're watching it. And, you know, I didn't get that kind of like early kind of learning from cricket when I was younger. So actually, I'd really kind of look back fondly at that opportunity to go and score for the twos for the season and, um, you know, just kind of use every week to kind of, you know, learn something new. And, and, and you know, I probably I made hundreds of mistakes in the scoreboard, the scorebook. You know, it was done in pencil, you know, probably yeah. to go in afterwards and do it all again in pen. But it was just a great kind of chance to kind of get involved in the club kind of atmosphere as well, you know, after the games, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, no, I look, I look really fond back, uh, I look really fondly on that kind of season. That's, that's so good. Is that like... Do you, uh, and that I was I was going to ask you. It's worked perfectly. Segue into your time playing senior cricket, but so that was kind of your transition from juniors to seniors. Was doing that on a Saturday afternoon, and no, I guess well, kind of. Yeah, I kind of didn't play much senior cricket until I think I was about you know, probably sixteen. Um, so I think I still think I had a couple of years there where I was. You know, I spent. I think I spent for that season. I spent my Saturdays scoring rather than um, you know playing. And then I think I probably had another year where I was still just playing Colts, um, didn't do much uh, senior cricket. And then probably about 16, I probably started playing, you know, you know, fours, fives, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And then started 
started to slowly kind of trend towards the kind of threes and the twos over the next few years, you know. Just yeah, because you're you're like uh, a bit different to some of the blokes that you played with. You were a real grower, not a shower, weren't you, with cricket? Like you sort of, you, you had to work for it, didn't you? Like, like I, I guess, I, and I say this and I'm not trying to belittle you and I, I had to get my stupid joke in there, I'm sorry. Yeah. But like you, like, because I, I think we all think of you as like a naturally gifted athlete, but cricket, did you have to work a bit harder at it? Yeah, I think I was playing probably four, maybe four or five years of um, junior cricket. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Probably playing four or five years of um, senior cricket before I, I def- before the first team. Um, so kind yeah. of really going through those years, just kind of learning, I suppose, in inverted commas, your trade kind of thing is what you're doing, you know, playing playing fours, threes, and then twos. And then, you know, I, th- I think it was 2014, I finally made it into the first team. Uh, yeah. I think I played, I'd played two or three games for the first team before that, but that was very much a specialist fine leg, you know. I remember yeah, yeah. in particular, I, was, I wasn't I was playing and I was sitting on the balcony. I think I was having a pint at the time. And I think Hursty uh, looked over and said, oh, if you want any whites, Jack, uh, we need a fielder. And I, I think I came on kind of two or three pints deep, but I just kind of didn't say anything on the pitch. Uh, and I think I ended up taking two catches off Dan Abadie, which uh, if you know Dan Abadie, you know, you don't drop catches off him. So when as soon as they went up, I mean, it was, I think I was, the first one I was on the 45, and then the guy kind of sweep it and it, you know, absolute sky. And I was going, shit, I'm going to drop this. Everyone's going <laughs> to, thankfully took it. And then I think it took the, took the catch to potentially win the game, just just a dolly to, to, to mid on, nothing, nothing special. But, you know, it was kind of, even that was a kind of first exposure. I remember actually, I remember I turned off, switched off for one ball and the ball came straight to me. I misfielded it and went for four. And I just, that kind of moment there is always just stuck with me forever to know that, you know, yeah, you can have your little moment being off focus in between the balls when it, you know, when it's getting past around the field or, you know, when it goes for a boundary, you've got a moment to relax. But as soon as that bowler starts that run up, you know, you're 100% focused on the game. And my head was completely somewhere else. And that ball, that exact ball, the ball came past me and went for four. And yeah. I think, of really kind of an important lesson i was quite glad that i had that little exposure to playing first team on you know even if it was just fine legs to fine legs for 50 overs it's a bit like my mate <clears throat> i had my mate brad on um when i did yeah. those away days ones yeah and 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 the thing that a lot of people mentioned after the thing that stood out was his sort of he's a very very good fielder like incredible like incredible best i've ever seen and well, he's a professional athlete so he should be but he said he loved fielding because it was the only time like pretty much in sport that he could remember where he was in complete control of what happened if the ball came to him. Like He's like, there's no excuse. He's like, you should never misfield a ball if you're an athlete because you're in complete control. Now, maybe you get a bad bounce or something, but that, you know, that's not what he meant. But like, just if, if a ball gets skied, the only reason you should drop it is if you make a mistake. And I was like, fuck that. That's why you're a better athlete than me. Well, not the only reason, but yeah. Like just, and it, that really stood out to me. And a lot of people, I got some feedback about that as well. So that's, yeah, it's, it's interesting there. I, I mean, I've spent enough days at first slip and you, you know, you, it's almost like doing 500 squats, isn't it? You're down and up and down and up. And, and sometimes you go a full week without getting a chance. You might not get a chance. You know, maybe you only really average half a chance a week type of thing. But then, you know, the, the one ball you switch off, next thing, yeah. you know, one's gone past you. And it's and that's it's the worst feeling in the world. You know, it makes the game so much longer if you, you know, if you, you know, dropping catches and, you know, I think, you know, I think we spoke about that. We spoke about this when we when we played the inter club game the other day. Was, you know, the, the lower levels you the lower down the levels you go. You know, the more wickets you actually have to take on a Saturday to win a game. Um, yeah. 
you know, and it's certainly kind of, you know, as I, as I progress through, you know, you definitely get, you know, you get more bang for your buck, as it were, you know, you, you're playing first team, you know, your the catch goes through and, yeah, and it, it does get taken. I, I remember one uh, game, uh, it was one of the games in the Hornsey North, North mid, that kind of little quartet. I can't remember which exact club it was, but I was on a, I was on a Fifer in a, I think I got dropped four times on, on five wickets. Uh, oh. Yeah. And uh, the fourth one was dropped by Ben Calder. And I just lost it. I think it was wicket keeping or his, I know his dad was wicket keeping and he was a uh, long on. That was it. And, it, you know, it's not, you know, it's not pretty wicket for your fifth, but you'll take it. And he dropped yeah. it. I just turned and I just shouted at them. And it's like, you know, what, what the fuck are you doing? Um, then remembered that Pete, his father was, uh, was uh, wicket keeping and Turbo went, sorry. And he went, no, 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 you're right. Ben, that was shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, no, you know, it's one of those really frustrating situations and, uh, you know, not to take anything away from, you know, lower level cricket at all. You know, it's just, you know, it is, you know, it's more testament to when the bowl, when a bowler at a kind of fourth team level gets five wickets, you know, they're probably in the first team have got an equivalent for catches. We've got eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it's know. not, and it's not just catches, it's LBWs as well. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, as a, you know, left, arm, left arm over the, over, it's always pitching outside leg. Yeah. You know, no matter what, it's always pitching outside leg. So yeah, I know, I know full well that experience too. Yeah. Like you definitely, I, and I, how many times have we said it, but you do have to take 15 wickets a week in, in third team cricket. So it must be 20 in 14 cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. yeah. <laughs> um, so did you have any success when you were going through the lower grades? Like anything that sort of stands out, like any promotions or like uh, you, you talked about, yeah, uh, like a four for there and anything. Yeah, so out? we won, we, we won, we won the league when uh, I was playing for the threes. Uh, that was a great, that was a fantastic experience. Um, really, kind of, you know, we we, we, we I think we won it. At, um, uh, Kenton away, which is like you know, you say Kenton away and it gives you shivers, but yeah. For me, it kind of always got this really fond memory of winning winning the league. Um, you know, terrible with specifics around, you know, individual performances and stuff within, within the game. But, you know, it just, you know, it was just a great first experience of kind of having that success. You know, and we had some kind of, you know, small, you know, we had some successes when we were playing, um, you know, Colts cricket as well. You know, we, you know, we won the, the Middlesex Cup um, on occasion, on, I think two occasions and, uh, you know, we, we, we did well there, uh, not as well as kind of further age groups. I think every age group further than us has always surpassed that, which is great to see. You know, it's great to see the club progressing like that. And you see some of the youngsters nowadays, you know, you're thinking about like kind of Jamie Blundell uh, playing first team and, 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 you know, kind of really young guys. Obviously, you've got Ross Forrester and, and, and these guys who are kind of just taking it to another level, you know, um, you know, having played kind of a fair bit of first team cricket with Ross, you know, you wouldn't think he was kind of, you know, 14, 15 when he was playing with us at the first times. And, you know, now he's kind of, you know, developing into, into a fantastic kind of senior cricketer and it's kind of great to see. Yeah, completely agree. I, I want to take a step back there to that third team. Uh, yeah. I don't like, I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories about, and we're going to get to it 2012 and everything first team, yeah. but what I've, I've never heard this story about the third team in the league. Do you remember anyone else that was in the side, like who was captain, what sort of people were around? You know what? I I don't, and that's not very good for a podcast when you've just said that you uh you know, so you're probably gonna have to edit this about, but um, <laughs> I um I actually don't remember much about it, to be fair, Don. Um it's really terrible. It just seems so far and, and long ago, I think, you know, yeah, 
I, I actually don't. So I don't really know. <laughs> That's outstanding. One of the all-time great days of my life, winning the league at Kenton. Who was playing? Don't know, mate, but I got six wickets. <laughs> I actually did take a great catch. And I think that, oh, God, yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, we'll see how much of this makes it in there. But I'm uh, I'm actually, I'm actually, whilst we're talking, I'm actually on playcricket.com trying to find the edit. <laughs> mate, I'm definitely leaving this in. Take your time. Find it. <laughs> so good. Oh, mate. But that's that's a long time ago. It is, yeah. I mean, it's probably two thousand and probably two thousand and twelve, maybe two thousand and thirteen. I mean, yeah. Would it would it would twenty twelve was the first team league win? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that that's it's pretty incredible if it was the same year. I don't think it was. Yeah, it might probably was two thousand either two thousand eleven or two thousand and thirteen. Then yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's lasted long in the memory. Um, and yeah, we can, uh, <laughs> if you, if you listen to this right now, Paul and Bud, uh, please give Jack Henson a message. Let him know that, you know, you, you were the one that brought him through. You were, you were the one that gave him a shot in the third team. <laughs> Cheers, Bobby Ludlam or whoever it might be. Um, outstanding stuff. Well, then, so, okay, so that, you, you spoke about the day you took two catches off Amity. Do you reckon that was the first team debut then? Probably? I, I think so. Yeah, I think, weirdly, that probably was my first team debut. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just to kind of, you know, you know subfielder role. Um, but my first kind of, first full debut was um, 2014. Uh yeah. Yeah, against Uxbridge at home. So I think I just, I think I got called up for the first league game of the season, um, which was, which was exciting. You know, I had, you know, it was, you know, for a new year, you know, first league game of the season, you know, get, you know, know you're going to be playing first team cricket. You know, if you can do well, then, you know, you probably kind of get your, get that kind of little spot for the season. And um, yeah, managed to, to be fair, actually managed to, it was probably, it's actually going to tie into probably my best individual performance, to be fair. Um, yeah. So I don't know whether to do it now or spoil it for later, but, uh, you know, it was uh, Pfeiffer on debut. Um, unfortunately, a loss, which, you know, you never, no one ever likes to have a great performance in a loss. But, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, it was just, just, a, just a great day uh, all round, to be fair, apart from the loss. <laughs> See, there's two ways of looking at it. So I've, I've heard yeah. a lot of people... And you can tell us all about it, orchestra every wicket later on in the perfect innings. That's fine if you remember any of it. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I've heard a couple of different ways of thinking about that. So obviously there's a school of thought that, uh, you know, hundreds don't count in losses or fifers don't count in losses. But then there's the other school of thought, which is sort of like the grade cricketer um, school of thought that like they're the best performances you'll ever have because you can lord it over your teammates. And you can be in the bar and be like, "What were you? What were you fuckers doing all day?" I took five, you know, like, and, yeah, yeah. I just, I never. I, I'm always of the of the former. I never, I did never, you know. The team's loss was always kind of bigger than kind of an individual performance. Um, think, you know, it, it's def, that's what makes Winchmore Hill such a great club, mate. It, yeah. it is, it is the unity, and it's a, it's completely a team game at Winchmore. The only the only time individual performances get really get pointed out at Winchmore is to pull the piss out of someone like Harry when he fails. You know, like yeah. it's it, it, it's a team game first. Like you don't 
we, we just don't have those people that are like, oh, yeah, I did this, I did this, look at me. Like, they just don't exist at Winchmore, mate. It's great. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's... I've always loved, you know, about Winchmore uh, more than anything else is, you know, you go into the you go into the bar after the game and, um, you know, you don't... You couldn't, you couldn't tell... If you were a new member, you wouldn't be able to tell who was first team, second team, third team, fourth team, fifth team, sixth team, which is another fantastic thing about the club at the moment. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's testament to the kind of environment that is built around that club is that, you know, anyone can go in that bar, have a conversation with anyone or outside or inside, whatever we're allowed to do at the moment. Um, and just have that kind of, you know, that chat about it. And it's like, you know, you know, first team is talking to fourth team as people who never played cricket before, you know, threes and fours kind of, you know, having a catch up about their performance for the day and being genuinely interested in what's happened. And, you know, because, you know, ultimately, you know, we're a club and the progression of the club is, you know, is, is more important than anything really. And, you know, yes, you know, people, you know, for, you know, the first team's performance often is the thing that kind of can uh, be the catalyst for that. But, you know, I think overall, you know, the club growing and, and being stronger than ever is a fantastic thing to see, you know, you know, having six league teams out on every Saturday is just unbelievable. Um, you know, and I think one of the kind of one of the kind of real benefits that's probably come out of kind of lockdown and COVID and all that kind of stuff is that people, you know, people who have never played cricket before have found cricket. People who used to play cricket have found cricket and people have returned to the club after kind of years of absence. And, you know, you know, it's yes, yeah, I'm kind of slightly from the outside at the moment, but it's just it's such a fantastic thing to see. Yeah, completely well said. I don't need to add anything else to that. People have heard me mention it before. That's brilliant. Exactly how we all feel. Yeah, perfect. Um, so I guess like I, I, don't, I don't really know how to word this, but I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about your time playing first team cricket, I guess, if there's like anything that really stands out on or off the field. Like obviously you said debuted in 2014. Like do you I, like for some reason in my mind, I feel like you've got – standout stories from the flag win in 2012 like was that just because you were drinking buddies with some of the boys in the ones or like what you know like anything at all anything that pops into your mind here mate open format yeah you know i think you know, 2012 was a, was a was a was a great year for the club and you know i definitely kind of uh rode the, the coattails of you know going out for beers and, and and enjoying that kind of atmosphere you know whether it be uh yeah you know people challenge you to naked laps and you know, probably something that's probably not not allowed anymore because you know but um you know drinking you know drinking 20 pints and going to i remember you know sneaking into in on the green you know walking in between you know you've got hersty barker and then thorpe and i'm in between two of them because i'm like i think i'm 16 and you know all that kind of jazz and you know just kind of getting involved in the kind of club atmosphere and, and you know uh, you know and spending lots of nights and i think you know it was a, you know it was a kind of you know it's always been a kind of safe space for that you know you know what i mean you know, people could talk about you know you know, having the first pint. And I think, you know, a lot of people within our club can say the first pint, proper pint was probably at the club. And, you know, that, that kind of, that, you know, that, that's just a, you know, it's a thing that's kind of going to stick along with my memory. Completely agree. I, I, and it's not, I mean, it's not something that people talk about too openly, but I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I do think, and although there is a drinking culture at the club, I do actually think it's quite a positive drinking culture. I, I don't, when I see the way that younger fellas and I'm not sure about the other sports, maybe, you know, younger girls, whatever, like um, I, I think that the club looks after younger members of our club as well. I, I think, I do think that's something we do well. And yeah, I, 
Yeah, so that's, you know, just ticking all the boxes here. We're just, this, this is what it's all about, the pool and pod, just talking about how great Winchmore is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's definitely something that's really it's important to have. You know, I think if you, you know, I think if you're going to kind of get into, you know, start drinking or whatever it is, you know, it's, you know, I think, you know, I'd much prefer to know that my, my kids were, you know, you know, having a pint at a cricket club with a load of kind of, you know, responsible-ish people um, rather than kind of, you know, <laughs> Pick, picking up, you know, picking up two liters of white ace and going to a park, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just a kind of, you know, it's a, it's a safe, it's a safe environment, you know, and it'll probably, and it always have been, and hopefully, it always will be. I just had like an image when you said that responsible-ish people. I just, I just, I just had. I'm sure they won't mind me name dropping them. I just have like a, an image of like Catherine and Bruce Forrester being like, "Oh yeah, it's all right." Scott and Ross are down there with Jack Henson and Dom Philp. There, they'll be, they'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You, meanwhile, you and me are doing naked laps or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, I did actually once. Uh, I did actually once drop Ross Forrester home. He was like at the club. He was like, uh, you know, he had a couple of beers, um, and I think I, I ordered an Uber, took him in the Uber, and then took, got the Uber back to the club. Um, that was a yeah. I mean, you know, just so you know, he had to, he needed to get home. I don't think he could get hold of uh, Catherine. Probably she's probably you know probably gonna. You know, take this part out because they probably tell <laughs> parents. But uh, no, it was you know, it's, it's all that kind of positive kind of um, you know, po- positive kind of atmosphere in the, in the club. You know, people just you know, people look out for each other and, and do all that kind of stuff. But you know, we've done some pretty you know, pretty silly things like you know, the the the, the bush diving competitions over the years with uh, you know, uh, you know, jumping into the the bushes off the veranda. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, me Thorpe and Albie Kerry uh, one evening. Uh, jumping off in consecutive goes. I think I was on the bottom and then Albie jumped on top of me and then Thorpey jumped on top of him. Um, and me and Thorpey came away scot-free, but Albie had this scratch that went from, I think, his left shoulder to his right hip. Um, it looked horrendous, but yeah, no, we. it was just just silly things like that o- over the years, you know. Um, you know, drunk more more but you know, more drugs of snake bite than, uh, you know, r- you know Rob, For- uh, Rob, Rob Sober's buying more Jaeger bombs than any man, one man can drink himself. You know, if you go down the club, you're guaranteed to get at least three Jaeger bombs out of Rob, <laughs> Rob Sobers, which, you know, you, you can never try and buy back for him because he would just kind of walk away and just, you know, who didn't give, even who, who even gave that to you? But yeah, no, some great memories. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Bird. What a, what a lad. Shout out to Bird. Always on the, always on the nudge with the Jaeger bombs. Love that. Robert Sobers has a... And we fucking love a Jaeger as well. Um, and it, so, I mean, on the... I guess we sort of want to just transition into into your, your sort of better memories and stuff like that, mate. But I, I um, was there anything in particular from a team perspective that stood out to your plan in the first thing? You must have played for... Do you reckon you played four, five full seasons? Yeah, I think... Five five full seasons, yeah. Um, I think obviously the, my best memory um, of uh, of my time in the first team was kind of getting to, uh, getting promoted to um, Div Two uh, and Div One. So obviously we'd had a bit of you know we'd gone you know we'd had a really kind of 2012, and we'd already had a couple of kind of demotions um, after that, um, and then we we're kind of in a in a kind of state of bit of like rebuilding as a, as a first team um, and probably wider as a as a club as well. 
Um, and it was kind of great to kind of be a part of that kind of uh, regrowth. You know, I, I came into it at the back end of that kind of um, you know, that, that demotion. Um, the 2016 season, I think was our first, 2014 season, sorry, was our first season in the, um, in Div 3. So yeah. opportunity there. And it was great to just kind of be a part of that over the next kind of course of the next two years, um, you know, with, with kind of with my mates and with, with what was at that time, you know, out of the first team, you know, I think nine, um, you know, I think nine of them were Colts and, you know, most, you know, all within my kind of age bracket, all friends, all that kind of stuff, people that I'd grown up with. And it was just fantastic to kind of play through those two years and then get that kind of, you know, that, get that rubber stamp, you know, at the end of it, you know, in, in 2016, by, you know, by, by, by winning the league. And, you know, it was just, you know, fantastic kind of, a fantastic moment. Um, I mean, that, that definitely will, will, will live long in the memory and, um, you know, and, and be something that I kind of, you know, look back on when I've, uh, when I've retired from all sport. And one of the one of the all-time great stories to come out of that winning the league in 2016. So the well, it was a real dominant season. Like I feel like you guys were confirmed as league winners maybe two or three weeks before the end of the season. Like there was no one really close. This is just how my memory goes, and you can pull me up if needs be. But I seem to remember after it was confirmed that the first had won the league, we had a pretty good session in the club on that yep. Saturday night. And I think it was Chris Richards who was running Sunday cricket at the time. Saturday night and he should be on the bits. Christopher Richards. And it, tur- it turned out that he was a few short on the Sunday, wasn't he? So you and I, I remember, we must have been drinking together and Richard saw us coming. And at about at about midnight, we had a late license, at about midnight over his strolls, oh, lads, I'll buy you a pint of Guinness. Um, are you boys all right to come and have a game tomorrow? And I think... I think we both agreed, but I'm a bit hazy about how the morning went. What what happened the next day? Maybe this is your story to tell. Yeah, so we we turn up, and you know, I think I woke up in that panic state, going, "Oh shit, what time is it? Was it?" Uh, and then, oh crap, I said I'd play cricket. Um, feeling absolutely horrendous. Um, so you know, get down, get down to the club. You know, we're there, um, and yeah, lo and behold, no sign of Richards. No, nah, not a not an absolute sign not- of it not a peep so you know ringing through ringing through ringing through nothing 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 uh, the opposition were a sunday only team from yeah. so like you know they're they're turning up for for sunday cricket as if it's you know it's their big 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 day of the weekend uh so first of all kind of like you know just set the scene a little bit let them know that we've had a bit of a big night we've won the league the day before got promoted i think it was got promoted that that time and then we always had another session when we confirmed we won the league but you know we had a you know big we had a big session um it was like okay cool all right no worries and then uh, i think we only had eight or nine players at this point 
Um, yeah, so I, ended, I think I ended up going out and doing the toss, I think. So, uh, uh, uh. But Richards then turns up, I think, after, how long was it, Dom? After it must it must have been an, an hour, hour and yeah. a half. Like, like we, we went out, I'm sure we went out to field first with eight players, maybe. And we did, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, lost the toss and they were just like, no, yeah, you can have a field. So, and just, yeah, yeah, like, they, they were like, yeah. we're getting the game here. They were like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting the game yeah. here. And the the worst part about it, like, and like, just to paint the picture, like, you say that we were feeling horrendous. Like, I'm talking horrendous, capital H, like, yep. the worst, like, everyone at home, like, to try to ring Richard to get a hold of him that morning, like, you and I were laying down on the balcony, like, you know, yep. it was one of the worst mornings of my life. And we've still managed to get there, drag ourselves there, because we didn't want to let Richo down. And then he didn't even turn up. Ridiculous. But now, but I do think we we're all. When Neil turned up, we all did shit ourselves a little bit, didn't we? I mean, I mean, I mean, we sh we turned up, so you know, we did we did up there. We, and we, also, like we, we weren't even I mean, in the team until you know, yeah, half past midnight. Exactly, so. we we're, we're in the clear, mate. We were not in the team until half past midnight. Exactly. Yeah, mate. But anyway, I'm glad I'm glad I was a part of that because it's a good story. Um, and I seem to remember. I think I think it's this game. Um, one of their batsmen was pretty decent. Their opener, and he got a hundred. But I definitely had him dropped on about thirteen. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, not not for you dropping it, but exactly what happens on Sunday cricket, you know. And the and the other great the other great story is Campbell turned up really late for about the last fifteen minutes of the game, and he was trying to move the rope out to make the boundary bigger for the <laughs> for the guy who was batting. That's the sort of day it was. Um, I mean, the guy was hitting it so big, you'd have to put the rope on the other side of the tennis court. Yeah, yeah. Put it on. There was there was no danger from kicking it half a yard that he was suddenly going to get caught, you know, at Cow Corner or something. No, there was, yeah, just it was just punishment for like seven hours, wasn't it? But yeah, lay it down on the baseline that that boundary rope. But yeah, no, good stuff, mate. Yeah, really, really good. So is that sort of when you start to think, uh, you know, like I, I might start thinking about hanging hanging up the creams, hanging up the whites, or, you know, what what sort of, what, what happened that made you think, oh, I mean, I know you haven't finished playing completely. I know you're still going to come back and you still love cricket. I'm not trying to say you're never going to play again. But what was it so, really? So my kit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, done, I think Barker's done that about three times and then uh, and then decided he wanted to play cricket again and bought, it, bought a whole new set. retired from cricket for... Sold kit and then bought, bought it again. Yeah, who wants to enjoy their Saturdays, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? Anyway, what? Like, what was it for you? Like, was that? You know, was did was something where you were like, oh, I might do something different for a while, or was it just circumstances of moving away from Winchmore? Or you know, there, no, there was a, there was a, there was a couple of bits, and you know, bit, moving away in terms of where where I lived never really never really came into it. You know, it was yeah. it was uh, you know, I think I was. I think I've slightly fallen out of love of playing cricket on a, uh, you know, altogether. You know, I wasn't getting that same buzz about turning up and 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 playing, um, which you know, I was working through. I think people always have these kind of like little blips where you know, whether it be something that like you know, you're not playing as well, or you know, you just you don't feel you're getting the return or the kind of effort you're putting in, or whatever it might be. You know, I just wasn't feeling that kind of art. You know, that get up on a Saturday, you know, love and playing cricket, all that kind of stuff. Um, and kind of in at the same time, I 
uh, a mate of mine just asked me if I wanted to, um, who, you know, most people will know Greg Collis, um, yeah. asked me if I wanted to um, do the London triathlon. He'd entered um, because one of his mates had done it. And so I just sort of said, yeah, why not? I'm going to give it a go. Um, I was kind of pretty kind of, you know, unfit at the time um, and just felt like I wanted something else to kind of have a go at. Um, so I trained for that in conjunction of playing um, as playing cricket um, and, you know, went that that Saturday had off or went and did the London triathlon and I just had this kind of amazing experience, you know, I, you know, fortunate enough to do better than I was expecting to do, you know, and, and loved every single moment of it. And I think it kind of, uh, fall back, it falls back to what your mate said. I think, you know, like fielding where you kind of get exactly, you know, it's only the effort that you put in. I think, I think that's kind of, that's what I really love about kind of not just triathlon, but kind of, you know, endurance-based sport is, you know, yes, you can have things that go wrong and touch wood, hopefully nothing goes wrong on Sunday, but you know, ultimately if you put the effort in and, and you do the work, you get the results that you deserve. And that's something that I really kind of really enjoy. And, you know, and I, you know, I've just fallen fallen in love with another sport at this point in time. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed the training and really enjoyed the kind of what it's done for kind of my mental health. You know, I was probably, you know, not to say, you know, I still enjoy a pint, but I was probably going to more towards the kind of, you know, lots of drinking, you know, most days of the week, all that kind of stuff and you know, kind of fitting cricket around it. And then kind of this has been the outlet that I didn't have before. You know, if I'm having a stressful day, I can go and go for a run or go on the bike or go for a swim, you know, and before it was kind of like go for a pint. So, you know, I definitely think it's helped me on my kind of the, the mental side of things. And then, you know, I was fortunate, I'm fortunate enough to uh, I've been, you know, relatively good at it. And, you know, I've just kind of, um, you know, you know, managed to qualify for um, the European Championships, which, you know, hopefully Touchwood will happen in Valencia this year. They'll never happen in Estonia last year, but got postponed. So, so tell, tell us about that. When, like, when's that yeah. going to be? And like, what, what are you, what are your goals for that? And, and, um, and it's, and obviously if people don't know, like that is representing Great Britain at triathlon. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like the age, it's the age group stuff. So there's like, it's like, third, I suppose it probably be equivalent to like third, like second or third tier. So um, you get pros, you get kind of elite semi-pros and then you get the age group stuff, which is, you know, the elites in the age group is pretty much compete at the same time. So that's why it's kind of like second or third. But so you, you know, you go for these qualification events, which is kind of two or three across um, the country over the course of the year. And you have to finish within the kind of top three within your age group to um to go and represent um you know i represent in the 25 to 29 year old great britons at uh, the european championships in valencia in spain so um that's you know something that i'm kind of incredibly proud of you know i've got a gb kit that says you know gb age grouper henson across the front and something that i'd never have thought i'd have you know have my name and, and gb on the same kit ever in my life and you know, I think it's a fantastic thing that you do. I think there's a similar thing in, in swimming and, you know, it's just, it's just an unbelievable opportunity. And, you know, I, I see where it goes and, you know, I, I'd like to move it, you know, into the longer course stuff eventually, you know, half Ironman and Ironmans, but, you know, I just, you know, hopefully it happens and hopefully I get an opportunity to represent the country. Yeah, mate. I hope so too. You, you deserved it. You've worked bloody hard for it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of, lot of training, you know, it's, you know, 12 to 18 hours of training a week um, you know, around, you know, full-time work and stuff, but it's definitely something that I've kind of, it, it, you know, it feels comfortable fitting it in now, you know, I've done it for, 
you know, probably almost, you know, three, four years now, um, you know, pretty solid training. So, you know, definitely, uh, definitely something that I'm used to and something that I'm kind of happy with the flow. Yeah. And cricket's always going to be there when you, you know, when, when, when you're a national representative athlete, mate, and you've actually done the race and you smashed it, we'll, we'll always welcome you back at the pool and for oh. like one or two games a season. Definitely. And, you know, still, you know, still, still my club is still our club, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, I, I love, I love Winchmore Hill. I love everything that, 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 that it's about. And, you know, I just can't wait to, you know, I, I, every time that I play, I know, you know, the other day, you know, played in this, you know, the threes, fours game and it was like, you know, it still gave me that unbelievable buzz about, you know, being able to come down and play with your mates and, you know, have a bit of banter and, you know, watch Barry Avon get, you know, done for a duck by a 13 year old off spinner, but promote drop change. So, What's what's a, what's a segment called? Uh, promote Harry Change. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Just just making sure. Yeah, just, yeah. Not everyone does it anymore, but we'll definitely get used to it. <laughs> which which I reckon is a pretty good segue, mate. Should we get into the? Um, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Regular yeah. segments. Um, well, we we normally start with the perfect innings, and then we go to promote drop change. Um, you've kind of mentioned both of those already, but let's so. I reckon there's probably a few more legs to this uh, proper first team debut five for story, mate. So the perfect innings. Well, what do you got for us? Walk us through the story, mate. Yeah, so it was um, Uxbridge at home, you know, love, you know, fantastic to, you know, be able to kind of have your first team debut at home out on the front wicket. You know, I was fortunate enough to play out there for the twos, but you know, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing quite like going out there and playing for the first team. And, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, it was probably, you know, I, I mean, you know, it was, it was a, it, the balls are like, you know, it's a great conditions, overcast, you know, perfect for myself. You know, it was me and Della um, open up the bowling, you know, great partnership with Della over the years, you know, only, you know, the, I think the only other, I think the person, the only person that had a better kind of ratio with, with, was probably Scotty B. Um, but, you know, it was just a great day out, you know, uh, I think a couple LBWs, a couple caught behinds um, and, and one caught, and one caught and bowled, um, you know, kind of real kind of LB, you know, leg, you know, left arm over bowler, you know, Trapping the guy, LBW is probably you know, the number one way you kind of get wickets. And then, you know, to get caught and bowled, and, and it's always nice for the five. So, you know, it was just, you know, just one of those real days that kind of live long in the memory. And I was fortunate enough to get, there's a picture, there's an awful picture of me kind of screaming at, at, at my lungs when I get there. I get one of the LBWs that made it into the, uh, made it into the Winchmore Hill paper. So, you know, I've got that kind of, you know, I've got that memory there forever. Um but, you know, as I said, I'm fortunate not to get that win. Um, it's always not, you know, it's always nice to try and get a win when you when you have a good performance. But, you know, that would be the kind of one performance that will kind of live long. Because actually, also, not only was that my first time, first five for the first team, but actually that was my first five forever. Um, so I'd never, you know, I'd, I'd, I think I'd got kind of, you know, a handful of, of forfers over the years because I was never quite a prolific wicket taker. I was more, you know, I was more held up an end and, you know, I was quite economical with my bowling. Um, and you know, probably others got more wickets around me than I did. But you know, this is one of those days where it kind of just everything fell into place, and I, I, I got the got the rewards. 
Yeah, mate. One more that I've got, I think. Uh, people, This is Domfield Bingo on the Paul and Pod, but I think I've had four fourfers. I've had a couple dropped for fifers, but yeah, one more than I got, mate. So fair play. Um, mate, you got a lot of court and bowls. Like, I, court and bowls are rare, especially in modern cricket, because bats are so good and people drive so hard. Yeah. Like, I, that's something I've always noticed about you. You've got a lot of court and bowls for someone that bowls pace. Yeah, so I think the ball coming back to the batsman, you know, but mostly my, my stock delivery was in, into the right-hander. I think that um, that tended just to people just to play a little bit later um, and just kind of the ball, you know, play straighter as well. And there's definitely kind of a few opportunities, um, you know, people, you know, trying to get the bat down or trying to kind of, you know, get a bit of bottom hand involved and, you know, and then kind of just being quite naturally, you know, you know, having a bit of an ability in the field was just kind of uh, meant that I kind of could make little chances or, you know, you know, I think it was just it was a it was a it was a good wicket for me. Um, you know, it was a good opportunity. I think I've, I've definitely got chances through most games, whether that be from a batsman trying to smash me through my you know my head off when it uh, yeah. comes back, or you know, a decent little catch or something. But no, yeah, no, I definitely had more court and bowls than most bowlers would do. But I think that tends from the ball going into the batsman rather than away. Yeah. Yeah, no, good, good. Cricket brain on you too. There you go. No, so no, no, no. That's I've, I've faked that. That's probably one thing that I would say that I probably. You know, I definitely lacked. I think. I think I, ne- I didn't have that natural cricket brain over the years. I think. Um, I think I would have been a, a lot better a bat bowler if I'd had a bit more of a, a, a cricketing brain around myself. You know, I think look at kind of other guys who played around me. They definitely thought about the game, you know, a lot more in a in a, in a lot kind of smarter way than I ever did. Um, and I think that's probably was one of my you know probably may, maybe one of the reasons that I didn't get as many wickets as I should have done. I probably didn't think enough bats for now. Speaking about speaking about like cricket smarts and stuff, like you're yeah. you're you're always we haven't spoken about it, and I was probably going to do it in the super oven, but I'll make something else up when we get there. Like you, you've always been known for being a really like patient, intelligent batsman as well as a cricketer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just kind of you know always kind of just at least take a few balls to get, um, you know, then just start you know playing a few singles, you know, pick gaps, um, building innings, you know, most. Well, both my innings would last between three and four balls and involve one boundary. So, you know, just really patient, you know, knuckle down. Um, I remember one game at North Middlesex. Um, I think I was batting nine, 10 or 11, probably 11. Um, uh, and I went into bat and it was, I think we, I think we were, we were on for one point or we were on for four points if I'd held an end. And Danny Barker said, right, Jack, you know, you just got to kind of knuckle down here. You can't, you know, can't get out. Um, he was batting at the other end and also captain in the game. So, you know, you got that pressure there. Um, so, right, Jack, just focus, focus, focus. I think first ball, I massive swing outside off stump, missed. Um, and then I think second ball, uh, I defended and third ball, I missed and got bowled. So, yeah, you could say that um, I'm I'm six or six or life choice is probably my batting ethos. Yeah. Uh, uh, I definitely, definitely hit some. Uh, I just started hitting sixes and never really, uh, never really kind of looked at it any other way. Um, did have a couple of games um, when we played and uh, managed to, you know, one game out the front playing for the first team where I did manage to bow out for the draw, uh, um, which was, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a good memory to have. But most of the time I just kind of swing from the hip and hope for the best. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's more fun that way anyway. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Hey mate, you you mentioned a bit of promote drop change. Have you have you got something for us for a promote drop change? I, I don't ha, I don't do it every week now, but if someone's got one, we'll uh we'll give you a chance. Morning, the diner on the corner. I am 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, any opportunity to uh, to to dig a little, put a little dig into Harry Avon. So yeah, I'd definitely do it. All right, let's do it. Um, so do you want to do them in order? So so well, we're going to drop Harry. Tell us about that first, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I've never never known such a bottle job in my life. To be fair, um, threes fours into club game. You know, we got the banter going throughout the week. Uh, sent Harry a couple of clips of left arm over bowlers like skittling batsman just to get in his head a little bit. Um, comes to the Saturday, batting three. Um, fortunately, you know, I didn't get to face him in my first spell, but comes on to bat and faces a, a young 13 year old off spinner. You know, actually a fantastic cricketer. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does, he does look the goods that lad. Yeah. yeah, very, 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 very good. But, you know, he's bowling off spin, he's bowling tight to the stumps. Uh, you're not going to leave your first ball, are you? But Harry did. Um, off stump, taken out the ground. Um, that was for effect. Um, and yeah, that was that was it. So for, for that um, and that alone, Harry uh, should be dropped to the fourth team. Um, yeah. We'll see, see see how that goes for the rest of the season. Yeah. I I complete yeah great great stuff just it's just it's just good to get back to what we do best here on the Paul and Pod the retro stuff the the uh, yeah promote Harry change love that so I suppose now you've started you got to tell us someone to promote up a team if you're going to drop Harry yeah I think uh, I think we should promote I think you know Campbell should get a, a good opportunity it, it, you know he's um you can see he's worked hard on his on his fitness over the course of the of the winter. Follow him on Strava. He's uh, always, you know, you know, he's always out running, um, and he looks well for it. And he seems to have kind of, you know, developed over the last kind of couple of years since I last saw him bowl. Uh, bowl and he's, you know, he's, he's getting five furs and he's getting wickets, and you know, he's keep, you know, he's keeping him, you know, he's keeping his kind of set, you know, himself to himself, and you know, and, and kind of f- focusing on the cricket and you know, delivering the goods. So yeah, no, I think he deserves an opportunity. You know, it might take a couple of goes, but you know, he definitely, definitely, uh, I think he's definitely earned his chance. Completely agree. Well said. Uh, what about someone or something to change? Someone or something to change. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Charlie Evans should be bowling off spin. Um, <laughs> you are a gap disciple. That is, you know, he needs to. You know, he's got, the, you know, turn and go, he's got bounce, you know, he's, he's tall, he's lanky, and yeah, he's fucking shocking at bowling leg uh, seam up. So, yeah. Get, get some off-spin in. Fair play. Good stuff. Um, we should also just make reference with a little asterisk that no one loves Harry Avid more than Jack Henson and Dom Philp. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff, mate. Mate, have I, I think I remembered to wise you up to see if you could prepare a bit of a six-side team. I've got six aside team. Right, let's do it. Are you playing or you're not playing? Am I playing or not playing? Um, no, I'm not playing. Okay, let's hear it. Who you got? Any order doesn't matter. To walk us through your, your team and why. Um, so Baza, uh, Mark Barrell, yep. uh, 
But Mark Barrell circa 2014, 2015. I don't want this broken Mark Barrell that we've now got. Uh, <laughs> broken Mark Barrel. So this is not going to make sense to anyone, but a wrestling reference. There's a wrestler called Matt Hardy who changed his whole character to Broken Matt Hardy. And what happened was he was pretty much time traveling in his own mind. Anyway, Broken Mark Barrel. Love that. <laughs> Wonderful, as Matt Hardy would say. Um, yeah, I'd have that. Yeah, George Saunders, um, you know, gone with the bat. Uh, good lad. Um, you know, someone who. Uh, and keep a keep a team going at times. Um, you know, not that used with the ball, but you know, fantastic with the bat and uh, and pretty fit in the field. So we'd make a, we'd uh, yeah, and good on the circuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you know, I'd have I'd have I've had Chris Chapman in there, someone who I've uh, you know played cricket a lot a lot of cricket over the years. In fact, we used to uh, when we played school cricket. We used to, uh, you know, open the batting and open the bowling. That shows the level of uh, school cricket when I'm allowed to open the batting and the bowling. Um, but yeah, we used to just toss a coin at who would open which one first. Um, and yeah, uh, that that would be my third choice, Chris Chapman. I'd have Scott Scott Birkinshaw in there, someone who uh, you know had you know had a had a most successful season with, with Scott in terms of bowling. Um, I think we got about 100 wickets between us over the course of the year, and you know, fantastic strike bowler who uh, really kind of took us to the next level. I think when we were kind of playing cricket, we were you know for those few years there, we became kind of renowned for having that kind of like bit that pace option, and people definitely feared coming to play us. And you know, it was kind of the, like you know Scott and Shep did that both. Um, you know, and then uh, I'd have. Uh, I'd have I'd have Sasha in there as well. Uh, you know, someone's got to stand behind the stumps. Um, yep. uh, not not necessarily do anything behind the stumps, but someone's got to be there. Um, and is that four, four? Is that five? I can't remember. I think that's five. That five. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, last uh, but by no means least, um, I would uh, I, I'd put Toby Claridge in there just just for a bit of you know just for a bit of balance. You know, you've got kind of five decent fielders in there. You've got to have someone for the batsman to aim for. <laughs> make it a fair contest so Toby Claridge makes a six member yeah he'll look good doing it though oh 100% I mean buys pads that are six sizes too big and then doesn't do lots of straps but you know he's got about every six months so it's fine yeah outstanding just this is just your weekly reminder that I knocked him over in the six aside this year caught behind fair play all right mate that's a mate that is a that's a decent side that's a good side that um you probably, you know, to be fair to Claridge, you probably wouldn't need to bat in many games with that side. Yeah, but I've just, I've just uh, thought that through, and I think everyone apart from the wicketkeeper has to bowl, don't they? So I, I, I may have been <laughs> the the other team's thirty six runs, but you know, we'll deal, we'll, we'll deal with it with our batting attack. Yeah, you'd be right. I reckon you'd be right, um, mate. Last thing we like to do on the Paul and Pod is a super over. It's the super over. It's magic, you know. Never believe it's You got time for six quick ones? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, mate. Hey, the first one, this is sort of becoming a bit of a theme. I did this with Neil last week. We haven't spoken about your better half yet. Mate, you gotta tell us how did how did you meet Jenna? We love Jenna down the club. Tell us a bit about Jen. So we met uh, we met at on the Green actually. We met at the yes, where we spent where I spent most you know most Saturday nights probably throughout the entire year, 
um with if i was there with the hockey guys or the cricket guys i was there every saturday and yeah one saturday night i met jenna and yeah never never ever looked back so yeah and i've been together for eight years now i think so yeah, that's going well outstanding um just saying hello to jenna she's listening to this thank you for your patreonship um excellent stuff uh mate second thing i haven't spoken to you about yet is the vegan period mate so i get it's a couple of questions all in one so the first like just about your motivations to do the vegan stuff uh so i just kind of i was you know personal health reasons for the was the initial reason i got into it um and then kind of probably saw the kind of benefits from it from a health you know outside of just that um but from kind of a whole kind of health perspective um and that went really well for for a couple of years until um, I was just at, I was out for dinner with Jenna uh, back in the last year, and I just the waiter came over and said, "What do you want?" And I just said, oh, "I love the venison." And yeah, <laughs> the moment, I mean, I, people have commented that it's weird that you know I spent two years you know just eating leaves, and then I went for for a bit of venison. But yeah, no, it was what what I wanted, and I haven't you know I've now probably kind of segued away from it and just eating a normal diet now. So yeah, and uh, I think I you like proper stone cold killer you like you asked for something called bambi as well so that you know that's that's uh savage <laughs> preferably yeah anyway i won't i won't go down that that tangent too far mate what you, did you and I, I mean like i'm i'm not bantering like how did you find it like because you copped a bit of shit for it like you know it's all in good fun like no worries did you did you find it difficult during the time or what no i think it was like you know it's my it's my decision to do it and, and i and i and I just went with it, you know, I, I turned up to the club and, you know, I was playing cricket and I was making my own lunches and all that kind of stuff. And most of the time it looked like vomit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but it kind of coincided a little bit with kind of moving away from cricket anyway. Um, I think I was kind of dabbling with it whilst I was playing. So I didn't really get that. I mean, mates outside of that, you know, you get a load of shit about it, you know, but you know, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all fun and games and, you know, I, you know, just rise above it and just, you know, just, you know, I didn't really, you know, it was my choice. I never really kind of wavered away from it until I just decided that I wanted to eat meat again. So yeah, yeah I did for a couple of years. I might go back to it eventually. Um, you know, I still think about the kind of our environmental impact of eating a, um, a kind of heavy kind of meat-based diet. Um, so I kind of try and have a balance, but, you know, I think there's, you know, there's definitely other things that you can do to, to help with it. So yeah. No, good stuff. Yeah, I was just I was going to ask about your thoughts on it now, and if you go back and you've answered that already, so yeah, no, good stuff, um, mate. Uh, question three: I we spoke earlier about you know you got a brother who lives ab abroad and quite worldly people going on holidays and stuff, mate. Like uh, you've done some big trips around the world. You got any like any uh, travel tips, travel stories, recommendations, favorite places you've been? Oh, my favorite place I've ever been is India. Um, just. Uh, an amazing place you know um you know you're within about five minutes of with being there you know i've just thought this is just an absolutely incredible place in fact actually well not within five minutes within five minutes i thought it was the worst place i've ever been to um <laughs> into and this is probably the number one tip is when when you get to um let's say you fly into delhi when you get there um they'll give you you'll you'll, you'll pay for a taxi or book a taxi and i'll give you two pieces of paper um, we didn't look this up or know anything about this, but we handed both of the pieces of paper to the um, to the taxi driver. So he he takes us to to what we think is our destination, but it's not. It's like his mate's travel company, 
they take us into there, you know, we're a little bit dubious about what's going on there. On the way, he's kind of making these excuses, oh, this road's closed, this road's closed. You know, it's not the time where you can get unlimited internet all over the place. So we haven't, you know, we have no data connection or anything like that. We get taken into this kind of uh, room um, for this travel agent. And he tells us that there's um, there's a kind of disease epidemic in, in there at this point. And, you know, yes, you can still see the country, but you need to pay X amount of rupees to go and, uh, you know, to do our do our tour, we'll keep you in a Mercedes Benz, we'll keep you safe. Um, at this point, it's kind of obviously kind of like sunk in that I shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be in this situation. We've got ourselves like, you know, we fucked up here. Uh, yeah. But you know, we then kind of like kind of say to him, okay, well, you know, right, okay, fine. I'm happy to I'm happy to pay the money on the condition that you take us to the British consulate, and you know, he confirms everything, or she confirms, or they confirm everything that's, that you're saying. So we get out, they drive us around for a little bit, and then they drive us to another travel agents, uh, travel, travel agency. At this point, you know, we see our opportunity and we kind of grab our bags. We're in the back of a tuk-tuk, they're kind of stopping every second, but you know, it's difficult to jump out. So we then kind of like scarper off, which is, you know, they were never, they were never aggressive in, in that sense. They were obviously just trying to earn kind of a couple hundred dollars or whatever it might be. Um, we ended ended up kind of the, in the first thing we did after that in 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 Delhi is is end up in a Starbucks kind of you know a Western Haven inside you know in, in <laughs> the country. So it was a pretty frantic um, kind of first couple of hours with you know you know I was pretty kind of like worried about where what was going to happen. It kind of put a bit of a sour note into the kind of the beginning of the trip and it kind of. But at the same time, I probably it was probably the, one of the best things to happen because it made us so aware that the only thing you need to say when kind of when people ask you is just no, um, and you, you know you know they're not you know, they don't mean any harm by it. They're not trying to be kind of you know negative or anything like that. Or they're not trying to harm anyone. It was just kind of like it's just one of these weird moments. And the lesson is that when they give you those two slips when you're at the airport, is to make sure you keep hold of one or the blue slip. I think you have to keep a hold of. So they take one and they only, they only get it back when they drop you at the right location um, and then oh. get back to get paid the money that we paid the office in the airport. So as soon as we gave them both blue slips, they could just go and drive us wherever we wanted to. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of, we learned that straight away. And then from that moment on, we were kind of extra cautious about, you know, we were just quite, you know, too naive kind of, um, you know, 20, 21 year olds who are uh, first time being in kind of a subcontinent kind of, you know, country like India where everything's kind of hustle and bustle, but, yeah, no, apart from that, you know, India was, was amazing, you know, um, you know, seeing those kind of, you know, it's terrible where it's at at the moment. And hopefully we'll get to a point where we can kind of travel around India again. But, you know, it was just an unbelievable country with unbelievably friendly people who were always, you know, you know, always so kind and generous and uh, and welcoming. And then, you know, managed to kind of go off after that, go to Sri Lanka and um, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, um, and then ended up in your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah. A month in Australia, which you know was great, you know, fantastic opportunity to kind of um, see the uh, you know see the East Coast and uh, and start in Cairns and ended up on the Gold Coast and then back into saw some family that I hadn't seen for years in Melbourne and then and skiing by the end of it. So went from kind of forty five degree kind of heat in India to you know minus ten in the slopes of uh, in the slopes in, in Queenstown. So that was a, it was a great trip and something that if any kind of advice I'd give someone kind of young, you know, who was thinking about what to do after university or before university was just to, to travel. I know it's a lot more difficult now, but if you do get the opportunity to take it. And, uh, you know, it's one thing that I'll never regret. Mate, outstanding. Travel, the only thing that costs money that makes you richer, right? That's what they exactly. say. That's yeah. a great saying, yeah. 
Completely agree. Um, mate, we better finish off with some sports stuff. We've got three to go. Um, mate, I don't know. This is a weird question, and I'm not trying – I'm not your uh, I'm not your psychologist here, but, you know, when you're running or swimming or cycling, like I just got – because I have never had any interest in any of that. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, where your brain goes. Like, what do you – are you just – focusing on the music you listen to what are you doing are you singing a song or are you are you counting your steps like what are you like what are you thinking about because anytime i'm running like i used to swim a little bit i'd always just be like okay five more laps all right four more laps like what are you thinking um swimming because i'm a pretty average swimmer i'm only ever thinking about my technique so that's pretty much my entire thought process you know making sure my hand's going in the right you know, making sure I'm catching at the right moment, making sure my, you know, I'm not a problem where my body would turn more than my legs and, you know, you, you need to keep it kind of, kind of quite symmetrical. So with swimming, most of my, you can get headphones where you can have music in them, but just kind of like, you know, and, and I think similar to, you know, I think similar to um, the scoring is it's kind of, it's great escapism from, you know, from, you know, if I had a busy day at work, you just go get in the pool for an hour and, you know, don't really think about anything else. Um, you know, I think we've, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm uh, cycling on, on my own um, or if I've got some mates and obviously we're just chatting away if it's an easy cycle. Um, if it's a hard effort, you know, on the, on, the, on, on the turbo trainer or, you know, on the track when I'm running, then there's not much time to think, you know, the, 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 th- the thought process most of the time is, you know, trying not to throw up or trying not to, to give up. Um, yeah, easy miles and stuff, you know, it's normally like podcasts or, you know, obviously the pulling pod. Um, yeah. Great, great, great length for a long run. Um, <laughs> then, uh, and then, yeah, that, so that, you know, but it's, it's a, it is, you know, it can be quite a social sport as well, you know, getting out for long rides on a Sunday, you know, yeah, I'll go and do maybe four, five, six hours, but, you know, there'll be five, of, five or six of us doing that together. So, you know, you kind of cycle through, the, you know, you cycle around in, in terms of your little group um, and you can kind of ride in twos and have a little bit of a chat and catch up and how people are doing and, you know yeah i suppose look at stuff as well i guess like your scenery and... yeah exactly yeah 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 exactly so you know it's um you know you know great it's, been, it's fantastic to be able to go and see places that you know you'd never be able to go and see um which you know english countryside is beautiful and you know definitely is you know when you live in a kind of you know you listen live, live in the hustle and bustle just be able to kind of get out there and just go and enjoy the kind of a few hours in the countryside um yeah you get some dickheads who kind of try and take you know try and hit you with the wing mirror as they come past you but you know generally it's a kind of quite a nice kind of calming experience yeah yeah you ever do you, do you have i get i guess probably every time you get out riding but I was, I was, this is a stupid question but have you had many close shaves with like with cars uh i mean i mean the closest shave i've had was last year when i crashed into a stationary car and ended up breaking my bike in half um but i don't think i've had too many i've, I've had a couple of people kind of you know you know, you're going to get someone who kind of swings past you or tries to get out. You know, they don't realise you're going as fast as you do, and they try and pull out of a junction. You have to slam on your brake. So, yeah, I've had a few, I've had a couple of one, a couple of uh, you know close shaves, but yeah, the worst one was when I went around a corner too fast um, and went straight into the back of a stationary car. Uh, that that wasn't too clever. Ended up in A and E one night. So, yeah, that was a, that was a bit of a stupid mistake. Oh well, you you live to tell the tale. It's fine. Exactly. Jenna Dick scars, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, second last question. I we've spoken a lot about different sports and stuff like that. What do you, do you think triathlon is now your best sport, or do you think you were better at something else? 
No, yeah, triathlon's definitely um thing that I've been I'm best at, I think. Probably I think it's probably the thing that I've probably invested the most amount of effort into. Um into not I obviously I know that sounds silly because obviously I'm training a lot more than the other sports, but you know, even when I, you know, I think it's just mentally as well. I'm just probably I'm just so invested in, in what all is to you know what I want to achieve. Um, you know, being able to, you know, I've got that goal, that September goal for now, but I already know what my goal is for 2022. And I probably, and I, I kind of know what my goal is for 2023. So, you know, with cricket, it was very much, you know, next game, next game, next game, next game. But, you know, I'm building something here where, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to do an Ironman and, and then hopefully if I can end up going to uh, the big island, Hawaii to, um to to do the Ironman World Championships would be kind of a crazy kind of aspiration for me but something that's definitely along the kind of steps that I'm trying to take so I'm doing an Olympic try at the moment which is you know um 1.5k for him 40k bike and then a 10k run and then half Ironman's roughly double that um and then um the Ironman is double that again so you know it's just building up that kind of speed now and then you know it's, it's just you know it's just having that investment over the course of not, not just like a season, not just kind of five seasons, but, you know, kind of, you know, 10 years of kind of really kind of hard work and, and see where I can get. But yeah, you know, I think, you know, I've got, I've got what I want to do over the next few years. And I definitely think that's, that's the sport where I've, you know, I've given it myself the most and probably are the best. So. Brilliant, mate. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Mate, last question. Same every week here on the Pullman Pod. Uh, best memory at Winchmore Hill. Best memory at Winchmore Hill. Um, you know, I think I, I think I'm going to go. I'm not going to go be able to go past the kind of you know, you know, the first team getting promoted. You know, for me that was that was three years of us, um, you know, dedicating kind of everything to progress to that exact moment. Um, you know, we you know we were a very young team when when it started out. You know, as I've already mentioned, and to be able to kind of go through that kind of whole process of uh, you know improving as as a, as a collective and seeing everyone develop. Um, as individuals and as a, as a team was just great to kind of get that final uh, kind of cherry on the top. And, you know, I think, you know, the team that they've got at the moment is definitely good enough to kind of move on to uh, move the team back into the Premier League uh, where we kind of really, really belong. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it happens this year. You know, hopefully we get a good, you know, we, we could get on a good run and we can kind of get that promotion that we, you know, we deserve as a team and, and move back to the first division where we want to, uh, you know, the Premier League where we want to be. Yep, completely agree. Mate, great stuff, Hendo. Anything we've missed, mate? We all good? Yeah, man. All good, I think. Outstanding. Mate, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's just been good chatting. Yeah, man. It's been great to catch up anyway. Yeah, cheers, mate. episode 33 in the books mr jack henson what a chat that was thanks so much for coming on hendo absolutely love chatting to you for the better part of an hour and a half and hopefully we see you back down the club a few saturdays at least over the next couple of years to get those left arm dibbly dobblers happening all right guys let's get out of here but first let's finish up this Statman man stat of the week Statman. 
Oh, my friends, I asked you at the beginning of today's episode, who are the three victims in Stuart Broad's test hat trick from 2011 against India? Of course, you know, it was the big dog, Mahendra Singh Dhoni with the incredible salad. It was Harbhajan Singh, who used to cover up his salad. And then the third guy, maybe the tricky one, was Praveen Kumar. Stuart Broad loves bungling the Talenders. Absolutely fantastic stuff. That's about all we have time for on this week's The Paul and Pod. Thank you so much for your company. Thank you to Jack Henson. Thank you to the Wrestling Should Be Fun boys for all their support. But thank you most of all to you, dear listener. We'll see you next week. Until then, though, drink lots of water. Look after your mates. Thank you.